getting back in sync today. Well, last week was not supposed to be Revelation, but this week was, so we're doing the double. We missed out on a few earlier in the month, so we're back here in Revelation. And I think it's good because we're tying chapter 17 and 18 together, which go together, talking about this Babylon. And um, I think we all should rejoice today um, <laughs> because of what this chapter talks about, about mammon. It might not have been picked up, but that's what it's all about, money and the disadvantage of most people and the advantage of a few that have a lot. And it's increasingly getting worse. So don't feel bad you're in a camp with a lot of people <laughs> that haven't got a whole lot. <clears throat> and last week we finished off Revelation 17 that has to do there with the ecumenical Babylon. Today we're looking at economic Babylon. One's um, to do with religion, one to do with uh, the, the money system of the world. Last week we recommended a few books to you that has to do with the subject we looked at and uh, we mentioned the Fox's Book of Martyrs and my book was about this big, about that thick, but uh, Pastor McConnell gave me Fox's Book of Martyrs. <laughs> and it doesn't look as old, I mean, now let's see. It looks older than him. I better get it the right way around. <laughs> Sorry, brother. <laughs> but this is the uh, one. Of the, it looks almost like an original. Put it that way. So if you're, I, I don't know that he's going to lend it out because it's uh, getting worn. It's been read and well read. So yeah, there's a lot more to the than the Fox's Book of Martyrs little one, <laughs> paperback, um, <clears throat> and the and the and the. The slaughter of Christians, really, by the millions. Hey, what would the world be like if all those Christians who were the committed ones were not killed? What writings would we have from the early church if the Catholics hadn't burnt all the writings of the good ones? You see, that's what they did. They hunted and hounded the people, but they got their writings and burnt them too. And so we've got a few that have come through that we can read of and they're a blessing to see faithful Christians. Fox's Book of Martyrs has to do with a lot of people that have lost their lives to the religion of this world. Well, today we look at the economy. <clears throat> We're seeing, we are seeing in these last chapters of Revelation the final showdown on several fronts. God destroyed the one world global Religion, the harlot of chapter 17. God destroys the one world economy. That's what we're looking at today. Uh, the bonds and the banks, the stocks and the shares. Gone. <laughs> this is what it's talking about. Chapter 18. God destroys the one world military system. That's chapter 19. And God destroys... The one world building boom. <laughs> Remember in Lot's day that they ate, they drunk, they planted, they sold, and they built. That's what we're seeing happening today. And uh, <clears throat> as in Nimrod's day, they built a tower. They built the Tower of Babel, but God confused the languages and sent them scattering all over the world. And we have the nations from that. That's about... 4,600 4, 4, years ago. I get it right. 1,600 from creation was the flood and then, then 400 years later, Tower of Babel. So that's about 4,000 years ago. And God came down at that time in Genesis 11, confused the languages, <clears throat> and this is what he said when he came down at Babel when they were one language, building a tower to heaven, as it were, that they will not... Nothing will be withheld or restrained from them that they imagine to do. That's where we are today. We're back there. <laughs> that nothing will be held, withheld from them that they imagine to do. Colonise Mars. That's what they're talking about, aren't they? <laughs> Getting up to the moon. Gone to the moon. <laughs> Get people to Mars. And so we're there. It is amazing what mankind has done. In a little over a hundred years, 
the things that we've accomplished. We could almost pat ourselves on the back, but there's a dark side to it all too. <laughs> Think of the travel and transport. You can fly around the world and get to the other side non-stop. Now, the jet engine was only developed during the Second World War, and that can happen. In food production, it used to be a farmer and his family and a worker and his family were living on a soldier settlement of about 350 acres, and they were flat out to keep that. Now I've heard, I know of relatives that are planting six and going up to 10,000 acres, father and son. It's enormous. What they can do, that's a 28-fold decrease in people on the land. That's why the country towns are dying from people. And uh, <clears throat> they can produce food that they could never produce so quickly, so efficiently, that they feed the multitudes. They feed the growing population. In language barrier being broken down, you can talk to a machine and you can interpret it to another language. In weaponry and military hardware, it's frightening what they have. In inventions, in technology, in the computer and all the things. The, the big thing they say, if you're going to buy stocks and bonds, which you might not after you read Revelation 18, <laughs> but, but the, the, the big thing now is AI, if you, artificial intelligence. In other words, computer-run machines, like you have in the production of cars, all those robots doing everything exactly automatically and and uh, right right to the thou <laughs> doing it right robots and uh, they say they're going to take over the world but i don't i know they're not because the bible doesn't say that <laughs> um <clears throat> i think the the woman of, of the australian of the year was a woman who was involved in creating something that's going to be of great benefit and reduce and speed up everything again you, you have to buy another computer <laughs> And they keep on inventing new things, a new phone, new this, new that. But with all these inventions and all these abilities, moral, the morals of mankind has plummeted to an all-time low. Violence is increasing, as we hear on the news every week. Wars have intensified. The murder in Syria of what they're doing there. It's horrible what's going on and I can't keep up with where new wars are breaking out and the citizens of countries are rising up in rebellion against their government and throwing them out. And they might be dictators, I'm not sure on all of them, but they're happening every week, new ones. So let's not be enamoured by the world. Let's not be entertained by it. Let's not be enraptured by what it's done. We, we can be impressed and we can be thankful because our lives are made a lot easier by all these things that have taken place. Not be ensnared by the finances of the world and enthralled by it. All these things in Revelation 18 will be brought to naught. As uh, I've said, chapter 17, ecumenical Babylon. Chapter 18, economic Babylon. A mighty angel comes down in verse 1 shining with the glory of heaven, and he appears on the scene. And this angel comes to announce the condition and the condemnation of this world's econ economy. Mankind will not only be deprived of the religion he created, but also of the wealth that he craves. The wealth that he craves. And unsaved people are after that dollar, after that money, after that mammon, and it will be taken away. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for this revelation and this enlightening truth and I pray that we might take the warnings on board as Christians and not be taken over by the things of this world and Lord we look as we were told in that other adult class to the future look to heaven run the race with patience and endurance to the end and Lord bless the faithful servants and saints of yours today with the word of God for we ask and pray in Jesus name amen <clears throat> Nothing seems to devastate people more than destitution. Take away a man's money, and often you take away his reason for living. Back in 1929, who was alive then? 
<laughs> okay, no one admitting it. <laughs> well, okay, 1933. Anyone? No, okay, radio. <laughs> Not saying so. But you probably weren't aware if you were, because that's the Great Depression and you were only a young one. You might have been feeling the effects but didn't know what was going on. But that's when the stock market crashed on October the 29th. And uh, it seems to be, if you look back, if you're, gonna, if you're in stocks and shares, pull them out before October. It seems every time it's October that it happens. Anyway, don't take my advice. I'm not a financial <laughs> advisor. But back then, that's when it happened. The Black Tuesday, they call it. <clears throat> the Great Depression started from that and run over quite a few years. The economics structure and system of the world collapsed, was destroyed. Thousands upon thousands of banks went bankrupt. You say, I've got my money in the bank. Yeah, yeah. That's where it stays and they close the doors. It can't access it. Production plummeted, unemployment rocketed, bankruptcies everywhere. People lost their homes, lost where to live, lost ability to... Uh, no more handouts, no more government subsidies. No, they just went. Well, there was a... Yeah, I know in the war, as a result of the war, there were the, the coupons that were given out. Malnutrition multiplied, depression, suicide. All these things happened when the economy collapsed. You see, that's the hope of a lot of people. That's the life of a lot of people. And people who live through that depression, are some are still alive today and uh, will never forget the experience. They are still different to a lot of other people. I know that my parents were there. <laughs> they learned to grow their own food because you couldn't rely on anyone else. That was all taken away in the depression. They learned to make their own soap. They learned to, do, to, to make things. They learned to salt their own meat and to free, freeze it if they could, had ability to do so. I remember my mum saying this. Now, I, I'd have to work out the date she was alive. <laughs> alive where she was alive at that time. But she said this, because she was always in the country, and she said, I'm amazed at city people. The short-sightedness. They don't see that everything could go as it had in times past. And she had this big box chest freezer, you call them, from here to there long, full of frozen food. They grew their own, they harvested it, they froze it. They killed their own meat. They milked their own cow, they made their own butter, they made their own soap. I remember Grandma making the soap in the copper with a wood fire underneath it and drain it out and all these things that they did because they had learned that it can all go in an instant well, can you imagine Melbourne, Sydney and even Albury and the citizens and maybe us do you know how to grow a seed do you know how to grow food do you know how to preserve food without a freezer <laughs> when I first moved to Albury we bought an old fowler's outfit because I still had a bit of it in me from my parents <laughs> And I was freezing cherries and freezing apricots and grew them in the backyard. I, I was just doing it for the, for the sake of doing it. That's the, way it was, that's the way life was in our home. But you see, a day's coming when all this is going to happen again and everything's going to go out the window. But I think it's probably not when we're here on planet. So I'm not buying up big. I haven't got cans stashed in the wall of my house. <laughs> as people did in the year 2000, the millennial, you know, collapse. <laughs> I haven't done that. You might go under my house, as my son did when he was little, <laughs> with his mate, but, um, and find a few old bottles of cherries about 36 years old. I don't think they'll be any good. <laughs> but we preserved them and kept them under there. I love cherries, and they were cheap in those days. But here this is talking about a, a terrible dark day to come. And these verses tell us about this collapse. And uh, that of the De Great Depression in the 1930 will seem like a Sunday school picnic compared with what this is talking about here. Um, <clears throat> Far too many make a god of money. They trust in the mammon of unrighteousness. 
They hold it in their hands. They put it under their mattresses. They're going to make it and they're going to take it. No, they're not. <laughs> they don't consider the destruction of this system. This dom will dominate. And folks, it's dominating our society. Our governments are elected on the promises of what? Giving you this, giving you that. Money, money, money. That, if they give it, they've got to take it too. They've got to get it from somewhere. And the trouble is that our governments are getting it by loaning more money. And just loaning more money. And it's, uh, it's scary to think of how much they, they are. And we'll maybe mention that as we go on. <clears throat> but this dominates the world and the governments of today. Whether we realise it or they realise it, it does. Uh, <clears throat> remember back in 2008 when the stock market crashed. Remember just a couple of weeks ago when they thought it might go again. <laughs> And uh, I thought, well, it didn't drop that much. only dropped 10% or whatever it was. might have been 15. But it, it only lost what it had gained in the last two months anyway. And it was all artificial money that wasn't worked for anyway. It was just the price went up. Um, <clears throat> money. Some say, it, uh, we, John Wilson used to say, money's made round to go round. But then when he got out of sorts with the Lord, he said, money is made flat to stack. So, <laughs> and he used to sit where Gerald or right where they used to sit there. And he was the sort of bloke when the offering went round and he was right on with the Lord. and He, was out, he, <laughs> he would get his pen out and write on a $50 note. In those days, 40 years ago, it was a lot of money. And he'd get his pen out and he'd write, goodbye, mate. And then he'd put in the offering. <laughs> And I said, John, you shouldn't do face uh, public property. <laughs> but let's get to the outline. The revelation of the system's corruption <clears throat> in verses 1 to 8. We see the splendor of the system's revealer. In verse 1, this great angel came down and he lightened the earth with his glory. And then we see this, the spirit of this system in verse 2. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon is the great, is fallen, is fallen, and has become the habitation of uh, <coughs> devils. It is interesting that the system that is talked about, it's to do with the devil. The devil, the devil. Over and over again, it refers to this economic system that's been developed way back from Babylon and has been developing and has developed so much today with the, the computer that it's of the devil. This is not what God intends. I mean, it'd be good to be able to go and sell your, no, barter your cow for some veggies or something instead of exchanging the money. I, used, I did that with uh, uh, Bob Smith. Bob Smith, that's right, out there at Yak and Dander. I worked for him, put dames in, and I said, well, keep $300, pay me back in sheep. And so we went out and fixed the sheep up and put them in our freezer one at a time, of course. And that's the way it was done. But today, there's the control of it all, isn't there? And the system, the way it runs. But the spirit of this system is evil. In verse 2, the angel tells us that the spirit of the si that is behind this system it is a spirit energized and controlled by demons and evil spirits. It'll be utterly vile and corrupt. And we look at our world today and that's what it's like and it's getting worse. You say things can't get worse. Yes, they will. Usury. U usury in the Bible. Hmm. Study about that. That's interest charged. The, the absorbent price of credit card interest. Uh, don't get a credit card. <laughs> because if you don't pay, they charge you well, 18, 22, whatever percent. It's terrible. Fire sales on houses that people who've gone bankrupt and lose all their money, lose their job and lose their house. The borrower is servant to the lender. The spirit of this system. I'm looking forward to seeing the type of economic system the Lord will establish in his kingdom. It'll be interesting to see how it works. <laughs> Learn shekels. When we went to England for just a few weeks, it was learn the pound. And we sort of come back to my childhood days. Pence, 
threepence, sixpence, and, and it was so confusing, there was so much of it. They went to Israel and the shekels, that was easy, it was all like, it was like dollars, ten, all in tens when, when you got there. <clears throat> I had the system shekels down pretty easy. But I had to realise that if I spent four shekels, I was spending one dollar. That's the changeover over there. You, you learn that quick, especially with pounds. <laughs> but the seduction of the system is seen in verse 3. We move on. For all nations, all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. <clears throat> This system will seduce, seduce the entire world, all nations, it says there. Kings and merchants will tie their futures to what happens in this economic boom. Trillions of dollars will be made by wealthy people of the earth. They'll get more than they can handle. I thank God for some people that may not be Christians like Bill Gates who gives it back in charity. Not all of it, of course. <laughs> he keeps only a few billions, many billions probably for himself, <laughs> but then he couldn't give any more if he gave it all. But I like what the Lord said to that rich man, the rich young ruler, sell it all, <laughs> give it. In a world obsessed with money, how many of us have adopted the spirit and attitude of the day? It gets a hold of our hearts. I've heard people say, the only reason I do this is for money. I, um, the, the tone of the voice. I couldn't believe it. I didn't look too long. I just took a glance at the person saying that. I do it to live. I don't do it to make the bank account big. That's the way the Lord's kept us in, 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 in ministry. Let's not do it for the love of money. And the love of money is the root of what? All evil. First Timothy 6.10 says, I mean, it's not wrong to have it, but it's wrong for it to have you and control of you. <clears throat> Don't say that you've not been tempted. I think we all have. The seduction of this system, all the kings of the world, the sentence of this system is seen in verses 4 to 8. And I heard another voice in verse 4 from heaven saying, Come out from her, my people. You know, we are seeing this system develop, come out, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and that ye receive not of her plagues. So the sentence is given here. Uh, the angel is preparing to pronounce God's judgment upon this system. Before he does, he calls for God's people not to get caught up in it and in the de development of it, not be enamoured by it. The angel calls for the people of God to reject this system. God expects his people to come out of that system. Wherefore, come out from them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. The unclean thing. We'll never win the world by being like them. We'll impact the world by being different from them. Now, let me liken this to the church today. What is the church about? What do some people preach it's called the prosperity gospel. You get saved and you do this and you'll get money and God will give, 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 give. And then I think, what about people in this book? What happened to them? They believed and they did the right thing and they were martyred for it. Read Hebrews 11. Isn't that what happened to so many? sawn asunder and so forth in that chapter don't be taken up by it Revelation chapter 3 verse 17 talking about the church at Laodicea I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing I don't even need God and Je Jesus said knowest not that a wretched and poor and miserable and blind and naked that was speaking to a church and I think it's the last day's church represented there so let's not be taken up by it Let's use, use our mammon, unrighteous mammon, to meet the needs of others, 1 Timothy 6. And maybe I should preach a sermon next week on just going to the money and the, the, the danger of that. So we see her deeds in verse 5. 
for her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. That word reach means to glue, to cement, to fasten to. The ancient Tower of Babylon, they tried to build to heaven and God stopped them. I know they can't reach heaven with a tower, of course. But it's like we're going to the top. <laughs> and the sins of this system have succeeded in reaching the throne of God that we have before us this morning, the economic system. In his patience, he has let this go on and on, but here is the judgment coming to this system. God knows and he notes what goes on down here, even among the unsaved. And praise the Lord that those who are in Christ, Christians, don't have to worry about re being remembered, I pray, for these things. Isaiah 43, 25 reads, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions and mine, for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. If we've been partaker of this, or if we are in it, confess, Lord, let it not have my heart. I want you to have my heart. And so we see her deeds, her doom in verse 6, her reward is even in rewarded you, her reward even as she rewarded you, and double her unto her double according as her works in the cup which she hath filled fill her double <clears throat> pay the debt the reward her doom is given here <clears throat> she has sinned much she's about to be punished much double for what she has issued out <clears throat> God is a God who as it says in Galatians us has you reap what you sow. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And this goes with money as well. This goes with this e e economic system that mankind has developed. And uh, so her doom is for sure. And because God doesn't sentence it quickly, on the spot, people say, well, I've got away with it. No. Ecclesiastics tells us because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, the heart of the sons of men are fully set to do, to do mischief or to do evil. And God will reward her as she rewarded those people who were faithful servants. There's so many things come to mind, but I press on. Verse 7, her deception. How much she hath glorified herself and lived deliciously. So much torment and sorrow give her, for she hath in, saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Wrong, wrong. <laughs> you will see the sorrow. She is deceived. She's going to learn a harsh lesson. And so will people who make money their God. They will learn a harsh lesson. And when the collapses in e the economy happened, you know what the government's ready for? Suicides to escalate quickly because the God has been taken away and they've seen they've lost everything. I pray that as a Christian we haven't that attitude. Uh, <clears throat> we trust the Lord to provide for our needs and give us sufficiently, having food and raiment, let us be therewith. Content, says the scripture. So her deception is seen in that verse. You think you sit as a queen. Well, I'll bring you down, says God. In verse 8, the first part, Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine. And so her destruction is seen there. From glory and the, glory, the pride of her glory, she is brought to naught in a day. Swift and sure will be the judgment of God. It, it will come quickly. Her destroyer is seen in the last part of verse 8, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord who judgeth her. <laughs> strong, who are you trusting? Money or God? Strong is the Lord who trusteth her. If you have a problem with it, read Psalm 73. Psalm 73. I was foolish when I thought on the prosperity of the wicked. Then I considered their end. Then I considered eternity and I adjusted my perspective on things. That's what we should do. God will destroy her. So the, the revelation of the system's corruption is seen there. The retribution upon the, systems, the system considered in verses 9 to 20 
and the reaction to the system's collapse is seen in these verses here. When this system is judged, the entire world will be grieving for its destruction. And I, and I couldn't but help notice when Bernie read it this morning because he emphasised certain things. He didn't know he was doing it, I don't think. He said, alas, alas. <laughs> and, and it was reading, and, and then, and alas. And I heard him say it four times <laughs> when he was reading, alas, alas. <laughs> Uh, as they realise their wealth and power is gone. Alas, alas. You see, when the stock market crashes, I like to, to see the pictures of the people on the floor in the stock market and they're tearing things up and they're pulling their hair out and they're sitting like this and they're, and they're sitting before their computers oh, and the sweat's pouring off them. You know. Well, if that's where your God is and it's gone, he's it, it, gone. The monarchs, notice the people here, the reaction and the different ones that we consider, the monarchs of the earth considered in verses 9 and 10, and the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her and shall see the smoke of her burning. Oh, alas, alas. <laughs> Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, the great city Babylon, the mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And so they weep and wail. Share markets, Wall Street... ASX, is it AX, is SX or XS? Anyway, the other way around. <laughs> the, the Hang Seng and whatever, all the stock markets are gone. Down. The monarchs in misery over it. The merchants of the earth consider her. In verses 11 to 17, <clears throat> they weep and mourn over her as one, for no man buyeth their merchandise any more. Can you imagine? You know, some years ago, about 12, 13, 15 years ago, I don't know, when we started trading with China, I had some problems. When America started doing it, I said, this is wrong. They murder Christians. We should stand off because of that reason. But now all that's gone. Nobody even talks about it anymore. It's about making our nation survive economically. We'll do any trade with anybody as long as there's money in it. And that the morality in trading and money is out the window as far, as far as the monarchs, the kings of the earth, and the merchants of the earth as well here. The CEOs of big businesses made rich through the trading they do with, within the big systems of the world, the big companies of the world. I think in verses 11 and 12, it's talking about the mining magnates. And we've got a few of them in our country where they weep and mourn over this and the merchants of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and iron ore and bauxite and uranium it didn't have those in those days but throw them in there because it's the mining people it's mentioned there then the material merchants are mentioned fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet all the fine wood and all manner of vessels of ivory and manner of vessels of most precious wood and brass and iron and marble, all these have gone. The merchants of the earth are considered here after the monarchs are considered. And then we read in verse 13, and cinnamon and odours and ointments and frankincense, the chemists, um, the, the medical business is big business. The medical merchants are considered here. And fine flour, wheat, and sheep, and, and then what are considered? Well, let's call it manna, the manna merchants. Wheat, sheep, cows, pigs, whatever else you want to sell. They're mentioned here. They're all mourning. They're all saying, alas, alas, it is gone, it's gone. There's nothing left. You know, in the time at the end of the tribulation, one loaf of bread is sold for a penny. I say, a oh, penny's not much. <laughs> I've got my penny in 19... 54, I was born, you know, I'll give that over. But a penny was, was a day's wages, or was it a week's wages? I think if you go back, you can see it in the New Testament. You get a loaf of bread for it. There's a whole wage, a loaf of bread for a day's work. You're not going to last long, you're not going to feed the family on that. And that's where it's going to fail. All these things will fail. These merchants of the earth consider her and bewail her. The merchant men there, uh, they sell slaves and the souls of men. So there's the merchants of, merchant of men selling and buying people. You say, well, that doesn't happen. Oh, look at the news. 
and the slaves in our own country from the Philippines that have been bought here and kept in a house to work almost 24 hours a day and they're not allowed to sleep and they have to get up early until everything's done for the person, that's in our country. And that's in the embassies in our country in right under the nose of the Parliament House. Just recently, just last week, that was news. <clears throat> yeah, the souls of men. It's happening, even in our wealthy country. Yes, it might be other countries that got the embassies here, but it's happening. They're picking the fruit. <laughs> Those guys coming out. They're, they're suffering from it. Verse 15 and 17. Or verse 14. And the fruits and the souls lusted after the departed from thee. All these things which were dainty and goodly are departed from thee, and thou shalt find them no more. The supermarket shelves will be empty. Remember a day when you went to the corner store and bought your groceries and it came in a cardboard box? Some of us say, yeah. <laughs> there were no supermarkets? No supermarkets. It's, I don't know how the corner grocery store functioned. I know Mr. and Mrs. Furlong owned one and they were in the church down at Furniture Gully for years. And, but they had one in Emerald. And it was bad because the Emerald State School was just up the road and if I got my 10 cents money to spend for the week and I went down to the corner store, Mr. and Mrs. Furlong could tell mum and dad if I overspent or underspent or, or had too much, where did he get it from? <laughs> That's the way it worked in those days. But today you can go into the supermarket and it's got things from exotic places and I look at something and what's that? One of my cousins, I laughed when I heard it, he tripped over an artichoke. And I didn't know what an artichoke was. He was growing artichokes. I still don't know what an artichoke is. <laughs> but, but artichokes and things you can get that come from Queensland yesterday on our shelves today, all gone. The fruits that we enjoy, the dainties. And most people can live like that today. Most people can buy those things today in our country. But these things will be gone. And in verse 15, And the merchants of these things who were made rich by her shall stand afar off in the fear of her torment. Mr. Coles, Mr. What's the other one? Woolworths and Mr. Eldy, whoever, CEOs. These things are going to happen. Yes, I believe after we're gone. And they say, alas, alas, in verse 16, that great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple, scarlet, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour, so greater riches have come to naught. It's gone bankrupt. It's gone belly up. It's had it. Billionaires have become beggars overnight. Praise God. <laughs> That's what, this, this, what these saints do here. They thank God for it. The trillions of dollars of stolen money by corrupt business people. You hear just the other week where <clears throat> many of the biggest companies in Australia pay no tax. Pay no tax. It's morally wrong. These are the people it's talking about. Whereas the people in the middle income are paying all the tax for all the benefits other people's people get. And folks, if you're getting benefits from the government, count it a blessing. It's not many places that it happens. But don't depend on it. Work, work, work is the way to become rich. And it's not laboring to become rich. It's working an honest day's work for an honest day's pay to provide for your family. But when people go, or CEOs go and make huge profits, when people and companies used to make a million dollars, that was incredible. It's not counted that anymore. Unless a company makes billions of dollars, when they announce theory, and this, this week a lot of them were announced of what they made and what they lost, if it says they lost a lot, their share price goes <laughs> And sometimes when they make a lot, their share prices go <laughs> because they didn't make as much as they said they would. And you think, billions of dollars. And so <clears throat> the multitudes of heaven 
consider her as well. We'll read on in verse 17. For in one hour so great a riches are come to naught, and every shipmaster and all the company and ships and sailors and as many as trade by the sea stood afar off. Yep, it all collapses. The sailors, you see those big ships transporting gas and iron ore, you see them taking food to and from, and a lot of the food, now we can get cherries in the middle of winter from America. Now we have grapes in the middle of winter on our shelves. All stops, whether they fly by the air or go by the sea, they stood afar, afar off and cried. They saw the smoke of a burning and saying, what city is like unto this great city? See, this, this has been developing and God is against this system that takes the rights and privileges of people common people away from them takes their livelihood away from them takes food from the children's mouths uh, <clears throat> and down here I've, I've written and uh, made sure it was true and checked it out eight men owned the same wealth as half the world's population Bill Gates 75 billion and goes right down to Zuckerberg 44 billion Larry Elson, 43 billion. Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, 40 billion. And it's got it all. You can just read it. I don't know how, why they let that go up, but they do. And these own half of what the world owns. 3.6 billion people own as much as only eight men in the world. Let's go to a verse in James chapter 5. And I think it's so relevant, this verse. Now... As I said to start with, if these rich people, if these with all of my, I'm not envious of them, they can have it. Because usually it's got them, and I don't, want, I don't like their end, where they're going to end. But if they use it for God's glory, according to 1 Timothy 6, bless them. <laughs> In chapter 5 of James we read, Go to now ye rich men, weep and howl for the misery that shall come upon you your riches are corrupted your garments are moth-eaten your gold and silver are cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire ye have heaped treasures together for when interesting isn't it for the last day last days and might, you say what well, might be the last days of their lives i think it has reference to the last days <laughs> behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields which is kept back by fraud crieth and the cries of them who have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath ye have lived in pleasure on earth ye have been wanton ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter ye have condemned and killed the just and he does not resist you he can't resist you <clears throat> I know millionaires I don't know they might be billion by now that exactly like this their laborers have reaped down their harvest and they're paying them about 550 to $600 a week. And they've got families at home trying to live on that. Well, what do they do? Send their wife out to work. Hmm. And then they get double that and they can just exist. But they themselves live in luxury. They have got cars, they have got tractors, they have got things that boggle the mind at the cost of them. And they boast about their ability to hire people who are desperate to have a job and they pay them tuppence and they labor hard all day i've worked in the paddock with them while i'm sitting on a bulldozer they're on they're on a shovel and you think poor people and this is what it explains weep and howl for the misery that shall come upon you the destruction of this system we'll finish it today a bit of a stretch trying to do this in one service but verse 19 and they cast the dust upon their heads and cried weeping and wailing saying alas alas I think that's the fourth one that great city in which were made rich all that had ships in the sea by reason of her costliness for in one hour she is made desolate it, in other words very quickly comes to an end rejoice over her huh. I mentioned a moment ago the multitudes of heaven rejoice as they consider her that this has happened to them and ye holy apostles and prophets for God hath avenged you on her they had taken advantage of them in their lifetime and now heaven's rejoicing that this economic system has collapsed come to nothing and then we go to the next section 21 to 24 the result of the system's condemnation and collapse 
And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it to the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall the great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. And uh, this is it. The judgment comes and befalls them. Her condemnation is characterized there by this millstone, which is a stone about one and a half metres tall, and about 30 millimetres thick. It's, we had a little one at the farm. We had it about that big, and we used to grind. You, you pedalled it, and you ground the axe sharp. Didn't have grinders with electric motors. Unless we're getting old. <laughs> In the millstone, it, it's... <coughs> And they used to grind grain and crush grain as well. But um, <clears throat> here it's that. It's cast, put on the neck, as it were, of this system and sinks to the bottom of the sea. What a blessing, especially if you've had the millstone of a loan around your neck. You would say amen to this verse and sing with them, wouldn't you? Maybe you shouldn't have taken the loan in the first place. But anyway, <laughs> I've had a loan, don't worry. I'm not pointing a finger at you. We paid it off. <laughs> but praise God, it sinks to the bottom of the sea. And all those with loans and problems paying it, rejoice with a smile when you're in heaven <laughs> and see this happen to this place. And so the judgment is coming. It illustrates a judgment coming upon this system. It's destroyed by the Lord. Jeremiah said in chapter 51, verse 64, And thou shalt say, Thus, thus Babylon shall sink and shall not rise from the evil that I will bring upon her, and they shall be weary. Thus far are the words of Jeremiah. Now, I know it's talking about literal physical Babylon, but looking to the future, that's what's going to happen. And so we see the condemnation characterized and the condemnation completed. Verse 21 and, or 22 and following. 22, and the voice of the harpers and musicians and of the pipers and trumpeteers shall be heard no more at all in thee, and the craftsmen no more at all in thee. And so there'll be no more music, no more singing with all the wealth that they have. The, and the six no mores, actually. There's no more music. There's no more manufacturing. In verse 22, no more craft. There's no more meals made there. In verse 22, the last part. The sound of the millstone shall be heard no more, the grinding of the wheat. And the light of the candle shall shine no more, no more merriment, no more light in the windows of those who are rich. And the no more voice of the bridegroom and the bride shall be heard no more at thee. There'll be no more marriages. Things will come to an end. Things will be grind to a halt. No, no for more hopeful couples, beautiful brides, flower girls and nervous grooms. <laughs> No more wedding bells. No more. There's a lot of no mores. You just look at them and go through them yourself there. You know, the, the things we take for granted today, there will be no more of them in that day when this system collapses. Her condemnation is completed in verse 23. And the last part of that. For the merchants were the great men of the earth, for by their sorcery, thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And so... It's judged because it stood for everything that was against God, took advantage of m millions of people, made them grind hard in their life at their jobs. God's word tells us in Proverbs 11 verse 4, Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. Proverbs 11:28, He that trusteth in his riches shall fall but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. And I think we should take note of those and all the other verses in Proverbs and Psalms and New Testament that talk about the blessing to those that emphasise the spiritual life, that don't, don't emphasise the economic life. The, in, the riches we have in Christ are far exceed. What does the Lord say about this world? What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world? What is it profit if a man gets everything under his belt? If Mr. Putin takes over the world, he won't. The Bible says he's not going to do it. But if he took over the world and had it all under his control, he dies like every other man. His body rots in the grave and worms eat it, like you and mine, yours and mine. But what about eternity? Does he have a new body? 
New soul? No. But the Christian, the humble Christian does. Lazarus and the rich man, read the story. This system was deceptive. This, this system was deadly as well. For in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. They did it for money. They did it for greed. They killed the, the righteous for profit and for power. It will be brought to naught. So this world's economic system that has caused so much pain is destroyed in an hour, in a day. What is the advice God gives to us? Matthew six nineteen to 21. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You want to have a broken heart? Emphasize that. I'm not saying we shouldn't use it and be diligent. What I'm saying is don't let it have you and control your life, your motives. <clears throat> are you safe today? Are you going to heaven or are you making money your God? This chapter 18 tells us the end of money, the end of those that make money their God. That it warns us to walk circumspectly in relation to these things. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we do live in a rich country. But with that privilege, we have the responsibility of using it correctly, using it wisely. Being frugal in our use of it, faithful in that which is least, and blessed by the Lord. I pray, Lord, if there is someone here who's made money their God, who is Christian or non-Christian, they would see the folly of it, because it's all coming to a grinding halt, and place their faith and trust in the one who owns the cattle on every hill. Lord, thank you for the salvation we have in Christ and may we put the right emphasis in our lives to bring you the glory and that souls might be saved through the use of our unrighteous mammon correctly. We ask and pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>